Alrighty. Shalom and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's Torah portion teaching for Parshas Imor. Now this right here is a highly talked about Torah portion because of the fact that it includes Leviticus chapter 23. Now first, before it is we get into it, I want to mention to you guys, go and check out guitarrabbi.com. Right over there, you can get the individual MP3s of these teachings as well as other teachings that are exclusive to the audio-only podcast. You can also go over there and subscribe to Baruch B'Shem Yeshua via that of uh, Apple Podcasts. So go right on over there and do it. We also got some other stuff over there. On my guitar channel, I go and I do a jam of the month. I go to put those tracks over there for people to download in a different section that says guitar stuff. And I also put my Neural DSP and McRockland Suite plugins right over there for you guys to download absolutely free if it is that you want some of the presets that it is that I use. So got a little bit of a tons of different stuff over there. And so you go and check out guitarrabbi.com and um, take advantage of all the free stuff we have over there. Now, as I was saying, Leviticus chapter 23 deals a lot with the um, many of the festivals, the Jewish festivals that are some of the ones that people tend to think are the only ones because things like Tishbayav are not mentioned there. Shemini Atzeret is not mentioned there. The um, let's see what 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 else we got we got um, well some of the other New Years as well are not mentioned there and that's going to take us in to where it is that we are going with this in terms of the major and minor feasts and the major ones are shown in this Torah portion. But one of the things that I see often argued about is this concept of a biblical New Year. Every year, it's the beginning of Nisan, which we experienced a little bit over a month ago, the beginning of the month of Nisan. You probably saw on social media, this is the real new year. Rosh Hashanah is not the new year. You see this from a lot of people. And this is a concept that is ingrained within the thought of Western society. Because in Western society, we are used to one New Year, that being January the 1st. That's the New Year. That's when things click over. Why is it that the Jewish people go and click over during Rosh Hashanah? And not during that of the 1st of Nisan? How come it's not done there? And the proofs that they tend to have in terms of this, do not come from the beginning of Bereishis or Genesis, understanding the creation of the world and everything that resides within that of the world. They don't look at that. Their go-to 
are the two verses that we're going to bring up right now. And we are going to look at this on a deeper aspect to show why it is that we click over the year during Rosh Hashanah and not the first of Nisan. For we see in Leviticus chapter 23, verse uh, 5, it says, In the first month of the 14th of the month, just the first month, first month, okay? that That's what we're used to here. In the first month, January is the first month in the Western society. It's the first month. It's not the fourth month. It's not the fifth month. It's not the sixth month. It's the first month, okay? On the 14th of the month, after the sixth hour in the afternoon, you should offer the Pesach offering to God. And this is in terms of the timing of Pesach. But this right here, I guess the gear is going. Wait, it's the first month. It's the first month. And then the proofs for this then become that of the book of Shamos, the book of Exodus, where it says this. And God spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu. Went to Horon in the land of Egypt, saying, "This is the this month shall be the head of months for you. It shall be the first of the months of the year for you." Oh, well, we could say case closed, right? Because the only thing that we have in the scripture here, in opposition to this, is not even really in opposition. The scripture doesn't contradict itself, but there's a deeper understanding of this. Okay? And this is from our Torah portion this week. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 23. God spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu saying, speak to the children of Israel saying, the seventh month, okay, so this is the seventh month. On the first of the month, there shall be a Shabbat to you. When you will recite verses that recall the binding of Yitzhak, and mention the blowing of the shofar, a holy celebration, you should not perform any manual work. You should offer up a fire offering to God. Doesn't say anything about a new year there. In fact, it says the seventh month. What's 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 the deal? Why is this even a debate? Why is this any, anything that even needs to be discussed? Why can't we just go and say, first of Nisan, that's it. That's the new year. Seems rather straightforward, right? Seems rather straightforward. Reading this, you're saying, those Jews don't know what the heck they're talking about here. Oh. Let us go to the Talmud. Let's go to Rosh Hashanah 2A. There are four New Years. The first day of Nisan is the New Year for kings and festivals. The first day of Elul is the new year for tithing cattle. Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Shimon say, it is the first day of Tishrei. The first day of Tishrei is the new year for the reckoning of years, for Shabbatical years and for Jubilees, for planting trees and for vegetables. The first day of Shabbat, known as Tubi Shabbat, is the new year for trees. In accordance to the opinion of the house of Shammai, the house of Hillel says on the 15th day of that month is the new year for the trees. So Shammai and Hillel disagree in terms of this. And to be Shabbat is something that is fortified within that of Jewish law. 
it's fortified within that of halacha. But at this point, Rabbi Shammai, Rabbi Hallel, were in disagreement in terms of this. Now, the thing that we have to understand is that we later learn through the words of Rashi that in Olam Hazeh, in this world, here, here that we're in right now, the halakha is that of Hallel. And this right here was mentioned in the Mishnah, by the way. In the Mishnah, it said that they disagreed. And the Mishnah is the ruling from the Sanhedrin that we are to uphold, as it says in Deuteronomy. Okay? But we, but the sages say that in Olam Hazeh, the halakha is that of Hillel. The thing that we have to understand between that of Hillel and Shammai is Hillel was not as strict as Shammai. We see Yeshua coming in contact with the followers of Shammai when it mentions the Pharisees that he didn't necessarily get along with. The ones who accused him of certain things like breaking the Shabbos when going and picking grain. Or considering that some of his disciples in Mark chapter 7 did not engage in Netilat Yadayim. Hallel said that if they do not connect with the mitzvahs of Netilat Yadayim, the ceremonial washing of the hands, if a, if a disciple did not connect with that, then they ought not do it. And this makes sense because of the fact that everything that it is that we do needs to be done, lishma Hashem, for the sake of Hashem, as opposed to for our own ego, for our own glorification. Say, look at how awesome, look at how holy I am. This is one of the main issues that the school of Shammai had, was in this egotism that they would constantly put forth by making things more stringent, harder to observe, harder to do. Yeshua took great issue with these Pharisees of the school of Shammai. Not only did Yeshua take great issue with them, but the Talmudim took great issue with them in Acts chapter 15 as well. Where it is that they met with Gamliel. Gamliel was there to help them in the voting of this of all these things. Who was Gamliel? He was the grandson of Hillel II. So that tells you right there. And also Paul was taught many things from the school of Hillel that was in opposition to the school of Shammai. Okay? So I know we're talking about Tishbayov here, but the thing that it is that, or yeah, we, we were talking about uh, um, uh, Tubi Shavat, rather. We were talking about Tubi, Tubi Shavat in terms of that, why it is that Hillel and Shammai disagreed in the Mishnah section, which the Mishnah is like, that's the ruling. It's not the Gemara, which is like, we're going to explain the ruling through, you know, parable. We're going to sp- explain it through. Folklore and story and all that stuff. No, no, th- th- this is like, this is the law right here. This is the way you do these things. And the thing is that even within our Western society, we have this very idea of several different New Year's in our very own society. Let me ask you when is it that your kids go to school? Do they go to there's the first day of school, January 1st. 
No. <laughs> it's usually at the end of August, maybe or even early September in some states. And also, we could change based upon if you're going to, you know, grade school or you're going to college. There might be a two two week gap between those things. Okay, so there's a lot in terms of this. Then you also have the tax year. You also have the lunar year. And then when you go and you look at the rest of creation as well, say that it is that we all decide to be like Elon Musk and go to Mars. The years on Mars are a lot longer than the years on Earth. It has a larger orbit. The seasons are not going to be the same. The temperatures are not going to be the same. You're going to go on a great barley hunt in Mars if it is, if you decide that you're going to go with Elon Musk and settle on Mars. I don't think we'll ever get to that point in all honesty. But, you know, the thing is that these are things to, to think about. And so the thing that we must realize is at the same time is that many of you who are Married, you have an anniversary. Every single one of you has a birthday. Mine is in September. So every September, I go one more year. I get, I get another year added to my age. My gosh, I'm getting old. <laughs> and so maybe it is that you were born in November. Well, just because I got a year added to my age, doesn't mean that a year is added to yours as well. Because you were born in November. Maybe you were born in June or July. Maybe it is that you were born in February. Who knows? Your year clicks over at a different time. Creation happened in seven days. Everything in creation was birthed and has an anniversary at a different time. Not at the exact same time, in the exact same instance. All of your children are not the same age. And so this is the Jewish understanding of years. This is the Jewish understanding of the new year. And so, we got uh, a little bit, a, a very long passage that we've had to separate into two slides from that of Menachem Mendel Schneerson. Levabacher Rebbe. It's so interesting that I constantly am bringing up Levabacher Rebbe Schneerson. What it is that he says, and many people say, well, weren't you trained by Breslev? And I say, yes. And don't you kind of go against Chabad a lot of times? Yes, Absolutely. Why is it that you're always going and bringing up Schneerson? Because of the fact that the Chabad that is in his existence right now is not the same Chabad when the Levavitcher Rebbe was alive. It's not. It has turned into an entirely different animal. The Rebbe now in Chabad tends to be woke culture. Their Rebbe tends to be superficial knowledge. 
and not a connection with Hashem. Connect Hashem is so far removed from Chabad right now that whenever it is that I source the Levavitcher Rebbe and I source Menachem Mendel Schneerson, just know that it's not the same Chabad of today. It's not. Okay, so let's go to the first of the two slides here. A celebration of Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the year, has been ordained by our Torah to, make, to take place on the anniversary of the creation, but not on the first day of creation. It has been made to coincide with the sixth day of creation, the day when man was created. The significance of this day and this event is not the fact that a new creature was added to creation. A creature one plane higher than the rest of the animal kingdom. As an animal is superior to plant, the plant to mineral, the significance lies in the fact that the new man, that the new creature man, was essentially different from the others. For it was man who recognized the creator in and through creation. And what is more brought about the elevation of the entire creation to that recognition and thus the fulfillment of its divine design and purpose. On Rosh Hashanah, man stands not only before the divine judgment, but also before his own. The verdict of his own judgment <coughs> with regard to the future must be that he takes upon himself to fulfill his duty, that is, to work for the fulfillment in himself and in his surroundings. Of the call, come, let us worship, uh, bow down and kneel before God our maker. Psalm 95 verse 6. A call for absolute submission to God first sounded by the first man, Adam, on the day of his creation, on the first Rosh Hashanah. This can be attained only through a life inspired and guided by the Torah. Let no one think, who am I? What am I to have such tremendous power of building or destruction? For we have seen to our sorrow that even a small quantity of matter can do in the way of destruction through the release of atomic energy. If such power is concealed in a small quantity of matter for destructiveness and, de and denial of the design and purpose of creation, how much greater is the creative power entrusted to every individual to work in harmony with the divine purpose? For in this case, one is also given special abilities and opportunities by divine providence to attain the goal for which we have created the realization of a world in which each creature shall recognize that you created him and every breathing soul declare God, the God of Israel is king and his reign is supreme overall, according to Amidah Rosh Hashanah, which is the prayer book. 
for Rosh or one of the prayers in the prayer book in the Maksor for Rosh Hashanah. And this is an excerpt from a letter letter written by the Rebbe on the days of Shalchos fifty seven fifteen. Okay, there's something to realize here, and the Rebbe brings this up. Not everything was created on the same day. And this, if we go and we look at the creation story, we look at what was written within that of our Bibles. One of the things that we also see with the group that tries to say the the the, the year should clock over on Nissan, they're seeing everything on a very lateral, parallel level. The scripture is much different. From that lateral, it's very three-dimensional, and it gets even more three-dimensional when you look at the Hebrew, when you look at the Masoretic text, you look at the Leningrad, you look at the Aleppo, you look at the Gaboris, you look at the Yonan, you look at the Hokden, you look at the Targumim, you look at all of these texts. It becomes much more three-dimensional than what it is that we see on our lateral English translations. For many who are of this mindset, that the years should clock over, that there's only one new year, again, is coming from the Western perspective. They will also say that days, in terms of weeks, in terms of the Shabbos, were determined by not that of the prescribed counting of days. One, two, three, four, five, six, and Shabbos. But instead, they think this is something that is prescribed by that of the phases of the moon. We have all either seen this, or maybe it is that we've even dipped our toe into this form of theology at some point. The problem that we have there is on the fourth day of creation, the moon was created on the fourth day. <laughs> so that throws a wrench into that theology. Because if this were the case, then it would have to be in existence and in its proper phase during the first day of creation. This is the way that it is that we have to see the scripture. We have to take it all into account. We have to understand things through the idiomatic expression, through that of the Hashkaf, of the worldview, of the writers that were inspired by Ruach HaKodesh, by the Holy Spirit. When it is that they documented these accounts in the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu, when they wrote about the prophets Whenever it is that they wrote about our Messiah and when Paul and the other apostles 
had written their letters. We need to treat scripture in that facet, in that way. And to help us in terms of this, in terms of the Hashkatha, because we are so far removed from the first century or even the days of the Torah, which date back even further of when it was given and when people were walking with Moshe Rabbeinu, with the Shekinah above their head. We are so very far removed from that time period. We are so far removed from that part of the world, even in a modern context. So, oftentimes, we go to that of the Talmud. If not for Halakha, we definitely must, for reasons of understanding the worldview and understanding the history of how these things were interpreted. And so we do that with Sanhedrin 38b. It says, Rabbi Yohanan and Rabbi uh, and, and Ben Hanina said, the day consisted of 12 hours. In the first hour, his Adom's dust was gathered into the second. Let me just stop right there for a second. It's interesting because the word over there, when it says Adom in parentheses, does not appear in the text, but we know it's referring to Adam. Why, do we, why is it that we know that? Because of the fact that, first of all, he was created from the dust. He was created from the dirt, which its Hebrew form is Adomah, which goes about with our humility towards that of Hashem, that we are lower than dirt, for he created us from the dirt. Adomah is created with the same letters as Adom, but with a hay added to it, showing that even the dirt is greater than us. But it says his, Adom's, dust was gathered. In the second, it was kneaded into a shapeless mass. In the third, his limbs were shaped. In the fourth, a soul was infused into him. In the fifth, he rose and stood on his feet. Now when it says that a soul was infused within him, this is the concept of Nishmat Chaim, which in Hebrew, literally means breath of life, but it is that divine spark, it is that divine soul, which is the nish, uh, neshama that is within man. He rose and stood on his feet in the sixth. He gave the animals their names in the seventh. Eve became his mate. In the eighth, they ascended to bed as two and descended as four. In the ninth, he was commanded not to eat of the tree. In the tenth, he sinned. In the eleventh, he was tired, or he was tried. In the twelfth, he was expelled from Edom and departed. For it is written, man abideth not in honor. Now this passage goes on and gets into some deep minutiae that I am going to give you a little bit of a Cliff Notes version. To properly understand what is why it is that it starts with this whole idea of Rosh Hashanah and Adam. And it's very interesting. And this will show you how divine the text and how inspired by Ruach HaKodesh, by the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Scripture is. 
The first word within that of our Bible is Bereshit, or Bereshit, Bereshis, and 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 Ashkenaz. But we're going to go with the Sephardis as to not confuse you. Bereshit. And if you go and rearrange those letters, you get Aleph. Uh, you get Aleph, which means the first. Okay. Then you have a bait in the second word, which means of. Okay. You have Aleph Be Tishrei. The first of Tishrei, showing that the beginning of creation was started in the beginning. Bereshit. Okay. And so this right here, you know, many times we can say, well, this is just playing Scrabble. That's all that that is. But this happens so often in scripture. So often are there codes and things like that. Where you count every 49th letter in certain books of the Bible and it spells out Yeshua. You know, it's so interesting. It's so interesting that things like this constantly pop up and it proves that the Holy Scripture is indeed divinely inspired by Ruach HaKodesh, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And did you know this entire idea of starting over of a new year? During the time of Rosh Hashanah and the year clicking over is something that is found within that of Brit Hadashah, found within that of the New Testament in one of the most read chapters of the New Testament. John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, Cannot see the kingdom of God. Wow. How uh, this is his talk with Nicodemus, where it is that he says this. And this concept of being born again is a concept that is deeply within that of the new year, within that of Rosh Hashanah, because of the fact that we are in the 10 days of awe during the time of Rosh Hashanah. Our names are inscribed into the book of life or the book of death. Will a person live another year? We are constantly talked, told in the New Testament about repentance, about starting over, being created anew, being born again. And this relates back to Adam within that Afghanidan and the creation that was started in Genesis chapter 1. Because this was a concept that the followers of Yeshua understood because this was ingrained within them as children. The concept of the first Adom. The first Adom sinned. 
He was a light being, essentially. His skin then became callous and he could die after sin. The wages of sin is death, as it says in the scripture. By the words of our Messiah, Yeshua, the wages of sin is death. This is in relation to Adam's skin becoming callous and him being able to die. But Paul also talks about a deeply rabbinic concept, the final Adam, the second Adam, where it is. He's saying this in relation to the Messiah that we just talked about in many different rabbinic pieces of literature. That the final Adom, Adom Ha'achron, as opposed to Harishon, is the Messiah. And the thing is that it is he is back to the original state. Of that of the first Adam before sin. Notice that when the Messiah comes, it says that we are taken up and our bodies are transformed. What are they transformed in through the merit of the Messiah? They are transformed into that first form of Adam through Adam Ha'achon. Okay, and so the thing is that the rabbinic texts also relate this over and over again, how it is that Rosh Hashanah and the repentance between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is starting out anew to where it is that we get back to that original state pre-sin. In fact, God helps us out during that time. He says that every time that we repent of a sin, that was unintentional, it gets counted as mitzvos. Wow. But also, here's the kicker. He says intentional sin during the time of, of the repentance between that of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, those 10 days of awe. That intentional sin gets counted as unintentional sin. So that, by proxy, turns that into mitzvos. Hashem wants us to get back to that point before that of sin so much that he gives us a leg up that we don't even deserve through his grace and mercy. Just incredible. So, in conclusion, yes, Nissan is a new year not when the year clicks over. That one's just for kings and priests. The spiritual new year is during that of Tishrei. The first of Tishrei, as they mentioned, there's also the first of Elul, and there's also Tubi Shavat as well. Those are the four new years, and we can see that within our own society. The school year, tax year, lunar year, and anniversaries, birthdays, all of those things, we see that in our very own society as well. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining me here today. Make sure to catch up with me next week as we go over 
next week's Torah portion and new episodes of Responding to the Anti-Missionaries are also coming very soon as well. I want to wish you all shalom bracha, peace and a blessing, shalom.